Hi there and welcome to Raising Resilient Teens, the podcast version. My name is Sasha Lester and I'm so grateful you're here with me today, where we talk about all things teenagers, raising teenagers and the joys that go with it. With that, let's kick it off. Hi there, everybody, and welcome back to another podcast of Raising Resilient Teens. My name is Sasha Lester, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Faye Chan of Living Well with Faye. Faye is a certified EFT tapping practitioner, and she uses tapping to help her clients alleviate stress and anxiety associated with a wide range of issues. Now, I'm literally going to open the floor to Faye and she'll be able to um, tell us a little bit about herself and about her business and we'll we'll just go from there. So, welcome, Faye. Good morning, Sasha. Thanks for having me. Uh, to kick us off a little bit, um, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself um, and how you got into tapping and I guess what it is because I'm... I don't know a lot about it. My face, yeah. we're on Zoom at the moment and my face yeah. probably just said a lot. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, also about, about your business. So, yeah, over to you. All right, cool. So, hi, everyone. I'm Faye. I'm a mum of one child and um, I live in the Bayside suburbs of Melbourne. Um, I got into tapping about three years ago. Now, I've known about tapping for a very long time. In fact, I know the person who trained me from like 12, 15 years ago. So I've actually been a client of hers and I know it works. Um, but at that time, I was in the personal development industry, did a bit of spiritual work and then started my own budgeting, like household budgeting um, um, company. And as much as everybody said, and that took about five years to really ramp up, as much as everybody said, oh, such a needed service, you know, everybody needs help with their budgets. But when it came to money, if I talked to them about money, um, the emotional stranglehold would grip them from taking any action. So it was really tough gig for me to even get clients, right? I got so to have clients. Up. Yeah. So you'd come up against all these people with, like, money blockages pretty much. Correct. I, I yep. just talk about, because I'm there up the front at a networking meeting talking about savings, talking about emergency funds, and then I want you to observe, even you listening to the podcast, to observe where you're being triggered right now. How much savings have you got? What does your bank account say? How much money do you spend on coffee and, and muffins, right? How much do you spend at Kmart? How much do you buy of chocolate and alcohol? Yeah. Right? I Please say all those me. things and everybody gets triggered. And then they go, I really need help, but then I'm dealing with five or six triggers right there in front of me that are blocking them from them accessing help. So yeah. as a business, it didn't work for me because mm -hmm. I was dealing with the emotional pipeline when selling the strategic pipeline of, you know, put everything in on spreadsheet and we'll see what's red and what's green and then we'll work around cutting things out and then to balance you up so that your, your spreadsheet's green in the positive down the bottom. Now, a great six can budget. It's not rocket science, yeah. right? But, everybody, but money, um, you know, everybody has a story about money and everybody goes crazy about money. 
So So how did you make the move from uh, Mm -hmm. that business that, you know, you spent five years on, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. you know, chipping away because you might have eventually, I suppose, cracked the code. Mm. Um, So going from that into tapping. Well, I was actually at a networking function where a tapping practitioner was talking and there was this one lady um, attending with me and she said to me two or three times, I really need your budgeting help. But then I find out she's already seen that particular practitioner that was speaking two or three times. Mm. And it just dawned on me. And because I'm from a coaching background, it's not like I can't coach the blocks right? It dawned on me. I just went, hang on, I'm dealing with the wrong pipeline. Right. I'm shifting to the emotional pipeline now, not the strategic pipeline, not the strategies. I'm shifting. And so it was at that moment. And then I went home to talk to my husband. And because I already knew my trainer, I already knew about EFT for the last 15 years of my life. Um, I called the trainer up and I said, when's your next course? I'm there. And that was it. It was a lightning moment. And I knew it. And I actually love I love people who make really quick decisions. And that's part of um, my program, the Thinking into Results program, that uh-huh. once you once you've made a committed decision, lock in on it and move, you know, mm. move on it and take steps. So that's yeah, that's just got me goosebumps. I love it. Great. Yeah, and that moved fast. And then that was in 2018 mm-hmm. that I did the course. And then um 2019, I was transitioning out of the budgeting work into tapping and then 2020 happened (laughs) and then I was right there at the front of the floodgates as the anxiety pandemic opened up, right? So, and that's where I am. And so it's, I'm not, um, I'm not foreign to dealing with people and coaching them and having them work through blocks. And in fact, when you're seeing me as a, EFT tapping practitioner, you don't only get, just because I did some courses, I did some case studies and some exams, doesn't mean I'm a good practitioner, mm, right? Mm. But it's because you had my history from 2004 when I had to deal with myself in a personal development course right through to now, you get all that, right, at the tapping session with you, not because I did a few exams. went past it. <laughs> so... What is tapping and how can it help people? Okay. So I've got my proper notes here about tapping. Awesome. <laughs> so EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, right? It's a healing modality which incorporates both Eastern acupressure points with Western cognitive psychology. So the tapping parts because you're using your fingertips to pulse on the endpoints of the meridian points. And everybody knows that during tap, during acupuncture, when the practitioner inserts the needle to your tapping points, um, to your tapping points for your meridians, it's to alleviate and clear the energy of the ailments, right? So when you're doing that with your fingertips around your body, you're actually doing that to yourself. So you're decharging yourself, you're allowing your flow to be restored, right? And at the same time, detoxifying your body. Okay. So yes. that's the fingertips pulsing on the endpoints of the meridian points. Is acupuncture and tapping similar or do they work 
um, it uses the site, it uses meridian points. That's the okay. similarity, right? But an acupuncturist as a modality is there for, I mean, it is quite esoteric for them too, right? But they are there to treat the ailment and then other things will spawn off from it, like any personal development issues, let's just say, okay? However, it's not a session. You're there to receive acupuncture. Yes. So in tapping, we're using an algorithm of meridian points to use your fingertips to pulse on the, the points. So for a lot of teenagers that are very um, tactile, that are very kinesial, um, what's that word? Where it's kinesthetic, right? Mm-hmm. right? It works for them because they're physically tapping on themselves and sensing and feeling um, how it works in their body. Okay, and then at the same time, we're having a conversation. It's like this conversation itself. And I'll yeah. go, what's happening? And that's the cognitive psychology part. So it's, that's my coaching background coming right in, mm-hmm. right? I'm listening for words that seemingly seem nonchalant to you, but I'll catch it. Like I had a right. client say, I can't be better than my mum anyway. I'm like, hang on, what does that mean? And then as you're tapping, because your body fires up familiar feelings and ailments in your body, like you you sense it. Just like when I was giving you all those money questions before, your body activates because your emotion personifies in the physicality, right? So as soon as my client went, I can't be better than my mum, I'll go, what do you mean? And where is that in your body right now? And she might go, it's in my stomach right now. And I said, what does it feel like? Feel like a knot? Does it feel like someone's punched you? Does it feel like butterflies? And she'll go, oh, it's a bit butterflies. It's a bit churny. And I feel a bit nauseous, right? That's the emotion physicalizing. Now, I'm not right. interested in where the, what the memory is, mm-hmm. right? But I'm interested in that particular sentence triggered that for her. So I'll go straight in. Yeah. And then from there, I'll be asking the body and the subconscious. So basically, as you're tapping, you're so relaxed, you're detoxing your system, you're clearing your energies, restoring them. And right. then when you're in a relaxed state, I'm asking you questions, asking your body questions and asking your subconscious questions to bring up certain things, certain content for your, your conscious mind to process. So that's what And I love is. how you're... Uh, and as this is a podcast, people can't see you, but I can see you and you're like you're tapping as you're talking to me and <laughs> you also mentioned the like the subconscious mind as the bottom half of the head and the conscious mind, the top part of the head, and like this is all ringing like mm. just so real to me. Mm. Um it, it's you know it's kind of like we're on the same wavelength and I'm sitting here doing a little happy dance um <laughs> what are what are some of the I suppose um issues that you can work with with teenagers yeah so with teenagers um all sorts well it's definitely personal right and friendship issues right that's always you see one. a lot of that with friendship issues yes it's a with younger teenagers or the whole the whole range? The whole spectrum. The yeah, whole right. spectrum. Right from tweens 
through yep. to year 12. Yeah. A lot of friendship issues because it's, we are social animals and, um, and people always want to want to fit in and belong. And the social issues, friendship issues always reflect. So they come to me with friendship issues or separation anxiety issues, or some of them might be school aversion as well, given what we've gone through. And then from there, I always dig further down. And it always is about self-confidence. It's about not knowing how to say yes or how to deliver a no. And no is such a sentence. Yes. But it's yep. about the it's about the oomph that's behind the yes or the no. Like your friend might go, can I borrow your phone? I want to take some selfies. I'm going to do this. I'm going to play a game, whatever it is. And you're like, oh, maybe. And she'll just interpret that or he'll interpret that as a yes. Take yep. it and play with it. And you're like, oh, what do I say there? And then right at that moment, I'll be asking, where is it firing off in your body? Oh, in my chest or in my heart? What are you thinking? I should have said no, but I didn't. But then you swallow it. It's kept in your chest and kept in your heart time and time again. And then that resentment builds. And then down the track as a 30-year-old, you're just angry. So you've just said, um, you've mentioned, like we call it self-image, which is like a chapter in our program. And what was the word that you referred it as? It was very similar to self-image. And um, because that's... It comes out in our program as well that a lot of teenagers, they have self-confidence and self-image problems. Yes. And as soon as they, I suppose, learn to love themselves and accept themselves and move forward with that, Mm -hmm. the whole dynamics change. Yes. But the point thing is, as much as they know the access is love and accepting themselves, they don't know how to do it or what's holding them back. Right. And inside tapping, we find the source, right? So there was this one teenager I was working on and um, and she she has a propensity to be a fawn, like to just agree with everybody else, to compromise herself, just to be liked. And so just like, as I said, it's like I dug into the reaction and I asked the body, where is this, what memory, what insight? And literally inside tapping, and it doesn't matter how old you are, a memory will fire off and you'll be like, how come, as an adult, you might go, how come I'm remembering my grade six teacher? I'm like, tell me about the memory. What are you seeing? And so with this particular teenager, what came up was a Halloween party back in primary school because she wanted to dress up as a certain costume. She heard the group of girls talking about a certain costume. And so she turned up on Halloween for the school party in that costume unbeknownst to her that group of girls didn't like her and then said to her why are you dressed up like this why are you following us and then proceeded to run away from her Mm. now that memory was the source of her compromising on herself as a 16 17 18 year old yeah and wanting to be light because of that because of an eight-year-old her eight-year-old self so So once you know how to look the access is love and accepting yourself, you have got no chance if you can't unhook the source, none whatsoever. All those affirmations will not work because it's So once you've found the problem, yes. how do you then or how do they go about fixing it? 
my job in the session is to facilitate the uninstallation mm-hmm. of that program and that virus in your supercomputer called your subconscious because that script as from eight years old kept on firing off like computer scripts they just keep going keep going keep going it's a survival thing if they can't do it in this program they do it in that program in that software and so it's my job as a practitioner to go in and uninstall that memory the memory is still there but I'm uninstalling the emotional charge um, attached to it every single time you're in that friendship circle friendship problem friendship issue so I go in and i physically work with the client through tapping through the conversation in uninstalling that memory and then it right Mm. because otherwise no matter how much strategies you put on top of that without getting to the source of it it's like trying to put fondant on top of a mud pie I'm talking about not chocolate mud I'm talking about dirt mud Mm. you put fondant on top of it oh we'll dress it up with some sprinkles Oh, we'll put some sparkles on it. Oh, how about some, 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 you know, all these glitter and what have you, edible glitter, right? Doesn't matter. It's still shit. Oh, sorry, mud inside. <laughs> <laughs> it's still mud, right? So people go around strategizing, positive, positive affirming, all these toxic positivity, hoping to God it'll alter. And it never does because it's not dealing with the mud that's underneath all those layers of looking good fondant. So a lot of your work is dealt in the subconscious mind as well. Yep, for sure. But they're yeah. conscious through the whole process. Absolutely. Might, we're dealing in theatre ways. We're dealing it. Um, they might be. They might sense that if they're a bit in the zone or a bit in the trance about it, but it's 100% conscious work. Like they're alert. They know what they're sensing. That's why I tell clients it's only after the first session with me that you actually get to know how your body responds to tapping. And it's hard to describe. And a lot of them have a problem go, but hey, what do I say to my to my friends? Because they just look at me like I'm like I'm crazy because I'm just like tapping on my body and it and and it works. But it is, it's completely somatic and completely experiential. Can you do tapping sessions remotely via Zoom? And I only ask that, um, A, because, you know, if someone resonates with what you're saying here, then they'd like to connect you, connect with you. But, you know, if you're in Melbourne and you actually require the person to physically be there, then that's Mm. going to be a challenge or, uh, well, Ever since the pandemic, I've only done my sessions online and all the results and all the reviews that you see that I that I post all the time are 100% online results. Do you so th- get this the same results of- or similar results or better results? Better. Right. Better. I actually think um, that during an online session, we don't have a shared environment like you're not sitting right in front of me and so I'd as a practitioner there's one less filter for me to deal with which is the confrontation of being in the same room as as this this woman that's trying to help me right so I removed it's removed the online presence is removed has removed that so the the confrontation of maybe going you're, you're about to break out into tears you're really upset at yourself you're feeling really sad or you're yawning which is a release, a nervous system release, um, or you're burping, which is another system release, right, right, um, you're not confronted by the shared environment. And yeah. so that layer is completely not there for me to deal with. And so, in fact, it's a lot more authentic and it holds a lot more integrity 
And the thing is, my energy fields and your energy fields intermingle anyway, right? Because in the realm of energy, there is no distance. So and we're probably jumping the gun here. Um, I had these questions in my mind to ask at the end, but how long does a tapping session go for? And depending on the situations, does the amount of sessions vary that, that one would need? Yeah, so with teenagers, um, it's the equivalent of an adult session, which is between an hour to hour 15, more so the hour mark, right? Um, and depending on how deep-seated the issues are, um, it's anywhere between, gosh, between four to eight sessions, I reckon, mm-hmm. because they because what happens in a session is they might you might come to me presenting with top of the iceberg, that 10% that presents on the surface as, child, you know, friendship issues or um, confidence issues or separation anxiety um, or jealousy or whatever it is presents itself as that, but it's never about that. It's whatever's what's underneath it, okay? And, um, and, when, and so that could be anywhere between, like with little ones, I work with children as well, they might be done in three to five sessions and it's just done and dusted because they've got less history and less baggage to let go of, <laughs> right? And then, and then the six-year-olds, seven-year-olds don't go, oh, when I was three, this happened. They don't. They just tell me, mommy did this, daddy that, that, and then I got that. And I'm like, how old are you? Oh, I think I was four. And wow. this is an eight-year-old speaking, right? So they don't go, when I was in grade six, this happened. However, yep. as a teenager, you will because there's a lot more time frame. You'll go, oh, this happened when I was eight years old and I think I was in grade three, right? Do you and also a- work with the parents um, yes. that come to you with, you know, I'm a, I'm a hopeless mum. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know what to do, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Often if I shift the parents, miraculously to children shift mm, that's that's exactly the same results I get as well and yeah it, yeah yeah oh I it's, love this I love that you say that yeah because I work with the parents with their anxiety with the children and their sleep or children and their friendships or children in their schooling right and when the grip of the anxiety is unhooked then there's a lot more freedom for the children just to be and a lot more freedom for the mum and dad just to be mum and dad, right? And then it, the whole thing shifts, not because anything's changed, but the mindset and the context is received and perceived so differently that allows for new results to turn up that, was, that wasn't possible before, yeah? So that's why I do... In tapping, sure, I might work with the children first and then I might work with the teenagers first because usually it's the mums that come to me and go, oh, I've got this worry. Can you, can, you, can you help my daughter? Oh, I've got this worry. You know, my child doesn't sleep. Can you help him, right? And I'll go, yes, I can. Let's start. And usually in a debriefing with the parents and with the teenagers' um, permission, I always debrief, debrief with the parents, right? Um, and the parents will go, oh, maybe I need to do a few tapping sessions. I'll go, um, yes. <laughs> Don't you usually suggest it? Yes, you do. <laughs> but because the rapport is already there, like yes. already understand their lives or their mindset through their children. Yes. And they really get it. And when I when they see their children shift, they tend to go, if that's worked for my 17-year-old or my 8-year-old, it'll probably work for me. Why don't I try it too? 
right? And with adults, it's so, I mean, it's, it, I do use up the full 75 minutes because there's a whole lot more there to move. There's so a lot of crap to work through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I so, end up working with the whole family sometimes, which I love. You said you started your business right at the start of the pandemic. Yeah, in 2019 it started and then... I was ripe and ready. <laughs> ready to go. Yes, yeah, sorry. Floodgates <laughs> opening at yeah. the start of the pandemic. Did you notice, or I suppose you didn't really have anything to compare it with, but did you see like a rise in teenager anxiety issues throughout the course of COVID? Yes. It was more, what was more the problem with a lot of parents was the reclusiveness some of the teenagers went into. Because they'll okay. go, fine, I'll just stay in my room, I'll play my games, I'll, I'll, I'll sit on the devices. And so their worlds became the device, like it, it got embedded in technology. And on the one side, the parent, a lot of the parents are like, well, we're all in lockdown, what can we do, <laughs> right? And then yep. on the flip side is like, yeah, but then they won't even go out and kick the footy or they won't even ring up their friends and go for a ride or I'm trying to get so-and-so to the skate park. They're not wanting to go. What do I do? So whilst they're in that sort of reclusive, probably a a lot more sedate sort of energy, right, it was hard to get get them out of it. But what I can do is called surrogate tapping. So surrogate tapping with permission from the team is for me to tap with the parents but for the teenager, right? Okay. So, the par- so the parents get the benefit of the tapping session, but I'm tapping about the teenager with them. So it pretty much impacts the teenager's energies, right, whilst the parents are getting the benefit of the session too because they're physically tapping on themselves with me. So they're actually tapping on their meridian points and detoxing and moving themselves too, right? Is so I've that done next that. level or no. is that just No, separate? I prefer, well, not next level, but if, if there's no access to the teenager because they're like, hmm, no, what's this? I know that. Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> if they're doing that, it's like, well, what do you do? So we do surrogate tapping. So I can surrogate tap with anyone for anyone, right? With children under seven years, I don't need their energetic permission because usually they're more attached to mum by that at that stage and at any time after that I'll be like just mention it to your child see whether it's okay as long as they say yes there's integrity there with the session you mentioned that I um early on when my son started to go off the rails and I was like I was one of those mums like you know I'm failing etc etc I I thought you know what I'll give hypnotherapy a go. Yes. So I booked him into a hypnotherapist and and I said to him, Harry, um, you know, I'm sending, uh, we're going to go to a hypnotherapist. Are you okay with that? And he's like, seriously, mum? I'm like, yeah, you know, can we just give it a go? Are you okay? And he's like, and I remember the words so clearly. He said, mum, if you want to pay someone a shitload of money, for me to sit in a chair and fall asleep and tell them what they want to hear? Absolutely. No worries. And I'm like, okay. And the feedback from the hypnotherapist, like I think after the second round, um, she said, he's very clever, your son. I said, oh, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Well, he's literally telling me and giving me all the answers that he thinks I should know. And I'm like, Ugh. yep. So like I'd paid for three sessions and yep. like she said, there is no point in him no. coming back until no. 
he acknowledges he has a problem Correct. and then acknowledges that he wants to sort it out yep. and then acknowledges that he wants to go, like, come to me and yes. and get help. So I'm like, oh, you cheeky little monkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, without their buy-in, I forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. But the great thing is, and I even say to the parents, I go, I just need them in front of me. I just need them in front of me on the screen and start tapping because as soon as they start tapping and I start talking to them, I can I can pretty much bring down the barriers. Because and the do you body find that they lies. automatically do it? Like I'm yes. sitting here watching you going, I feel that I need to do it. Like yeah, because your mirror neurons are working, right? So the mirror, for those who don't know what mirror neurons are, you know how you might see a show and someone gets stabbed, you go, ah, and you sort of like clutch that part of your body? Absolutely. Right? That's your mirror neurons firing off, thinking that you're doing it too. That is happening to you as well. So as I'm tapping, even if you're looking, your body will think that you're tapping and you might feel the effects of it. So as long as I have the teenager in front of me tapping, they're, they're there. I've got them. As okay. in I'm, I'm holding them in my presence. So what are you feeling now, Sasha? You're a bit emotional. Well, I, like I feel that yes. I should be doing it. And yes. it's... Um, and I suppose it's very hard on a podcast, but to yeah. all the listeners, it's like, seriously, I feel like I should be tapping. Like, I feel like I should Let's be. Let's do this. Okay. Yeah. Now That's she's got karate. me doing something. That's the karate <laughs> chop point, right? What we hear as people saying karate chop point. So it's down, it's underneath your pinky finger, just on the soft part of your palms. And it's like doing a karate chop, like chopping wood. And, um, and it doesn't matter which hand you do it on because we're symmetrical on both sides of our body with meridian points. So okay. as long as I've got the teenager in front of me and they start tapping, right, and it doesn't matter, I'll even go, even though I don't like tapping with this lady, I'm really annoyed, I'm okay and I'm safe. And then they'll go, even though I'm really annoyed, I don't like tapping with this lady, I'm okay, I'm okay and I'm safe, it's stupid. I'm like, okay, even though it's really stupid, I can't believe mums make me do this, <laughs> I love and support myself. And then they repeat that, but they more than repeat that, it decharges. Yeah. And then I've got them, I've gotten rid of the layers of, of opinion, of perspective, of whatever it is, and then I've got them with, there with me. And the thing is, as, as soon as I start tapping on, even though my friends all hate me and I think there's something wrong with me, there must be something wrong with me, I love and accept myself. And then they stumble on I love and accept myself, they start crying. And that's it. I'm in. And then when I'm in. Yeah, it's eye-opening. When I'm in, the body doesn't lie. Like if I say something that doesn't resonate with them, right, they'll correct me. But not correct me like you're wrong. It'll be like, no. I think it's this, and I think it was that, and I and I think I felt that way. Like it's it's an authentic conversation in the correction. I'm like, okay, great, thanks for sharing, and then we keep going, right? Like with little kids, it's even better. They'll just go, nah, not that. It was this, and this, and this, and this. I'm like, okay, let's just keep going, and I get it. Kids I get are so it. honest. Yeah, but but the teenagers are honest too because I'm them just I'm I'm in I'm in there in the energy fields with them i'm speaking to their body and then they're subconscious they sense it they feel it it's authentic they're not resisting anymore and they feel safe as long as the body feels safe it's okay they'll open up but i have to get them to the safe part right 
which is by acknowledging all the part they don't like. This is stupid. I'm hitting my body. I look like an idiot. I don't like her anyway. Mum's wasting her money, blah, 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 blah. I go through all that, have it be out of the way, and then I'm in. So all I need is for them to sit in front of me and start tapping. Can you share with us a... I suppose, a success story for you, mm. um, either like right at the front of COVID or or in the middle, in those those high... Um, well, this will be a surrogate tapping story, actually. So mm. it was in the middle of all the lockdowns last year, or that big, massive lockdown in Melbourne. And I was tapping with a mum for her 16-year-old that refuses to come out of the room Um and a growth started happening. I'm not sure it was a hernia or something rather. That was on like literally because of all the stagnant energy, him not moving around and him just stuck here online with his friends. And um, and so she was really worried. So he did the surrogate tapping with the boy and, um, and his sores started healing up, which is great. And um, and he started going out kicking footy with his sister and the brother, which is really odd. Like this one day, it was happened to, happened to be a bright sort of um, sunny but wintry Melbourne day. Um, he just went, okay, I'll take the sister down to the beach. And then they started kicking the footy. And she's like, what happened? Random. Yeah, like it's really random, but it, it happens subtly, yeah. right? It started with... with um, the sores started healing up, allowing more conversation with mum and dad, just a little bit more, not a lot, <laughs> right? And then going, yeah, I'll take the sister out with the dog to, to the beach for a kick of the footy. It's like it just progresses. So but baby steps really. Yeah. I mean it's yep. subtle, but the subtle changes are the major changes. Because often Absolutely. you yep. always react to a thought first and it's that small little thought that if you react to it goes to the next thought and then down the rabbit hole you go so it always starts with that one subtle thought and it's in the moment of how you react to it that tells that foretells what actions are going to come forth from that yeah and so that's why it's always subtle but it's always major <laughs> and have they been return clients since then yes and i've had referrals from them since then too wow yeah, that's, that's how amazing. I know, it, know it's worked because that particular family has referred two other families to me. That's so good. Mm. That's amazing. Mm. What um, what piece of advice would you give to parents of teens or to teens in general about maybe hesitation in going down other avenues to I suppose, seek help because a lot of the avenues are to go and get a healthcare plan from your doctor and yep. to to see a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, what would your, your advice be to those? Yeah, how do you address buying with <laughs> resisting teenagers? Um, because I, as much as psychology and talk therapy has a place, Talking about things, unless you're in a space or an environment like you're surrounded in a course, like with tens or hundreds of people pulling energetically for the same thing, it's hard for an epiphany or transformation to happen in a talk therapy session Mm -hmm. or listening to something, right? Because your mind is constantly activated, your prefrontal cortex. 
takes. So your subconscious or your body doesn't get the full access, doesn't get the full re- relaxation to come through. So that's why with more somatic um, practices like tapping or um, kinesiology, let's just say, um, that works in your body more. So it's a different avenue. Now, it's it's as much a sales conversation to kids about how to get them round to trying something like tapping, right? Um, and it's really about the build-up what really sells to a lot of teens once they've had the epiphany with me. And I go, could you now imagine if you had kept it in your body, what it will be like as a 25-year-old or a 35-year-old? Right. Because their parents will be around the same age or even 45. I said, could you imagine mum being resentful of the unfairness that she's felt all this time and not express it to say you're just as old as mum and you haven't dealt with it, what sort of adult would you be? And they'll, they'll know because they experience the resentment, the bitterness, the, the anger, the upset and the frustration in their body. They'll go, oh, I'll probably have a heart attack, like, <laughs> like things like that. They go to I'll, the nth degree. Yeah, yeah, or they'll go, or they'll go, I'll probably be fat because I'll just eat, right? They'll, just, they'll say things like that. Because they can really then extrapolate, like if they had held on to it and didn't unhook it and not aware as to how now to regulate themselves, what what life would be like if they kept on that feeling in their body. So if it's for parents speaking to their children, and it's a different filter when you're a different adult versus the parent speaking to the child because children have a certain filter of your parents. Mm -hmm. It's just, just to go, well, Look, if this is how you are now, imagine imagine how you'll be in five years' time or ten years' time. Because they can really then um, isolate one problem and then extrapolate that into the future, and they won't like that because they already know what it's like in the last four years. Yes, they really don't want to know what's going to be like in the next four years if you confront no. them with that image, right? And so they'll go, and then so the and that's how I coach parents. I'll be like, then you go do one session with Faith because that, that's all I ask for. I know it, it ends up being a package sometimes that I work with them consistently, but it's always the first one because that's how I get to know them and get them under. Like I might not get through a lot in the first session, right? But it's enough for them, one, to get acquainted with me, to build rapport, as well as for them to experience what tapping is like for themselves and their body and how they feel afterwards versus how they feel before. I'm sitting here thinking if only I knew you when Harrison started to go down the dark rabbit hole of despair, as I call it. It was my life probably would have been a whole whole lot different. Faye, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I will drop all your links um, to your social media um, and your website in the comments. And if anybody um, would like to reach out to Faye, we'll um, we'll get you connected. So I'm yes. um, only on again, socials. I don't have a website. Oh, I run my whole business on socials. We'll connect you through socials then. Thank <laughs> yes. you. I really thank appreciate you. your time. My pleasure. And just like that, it's a wrap. I hope you've enjoyed the last 20 or so minutes and have walked away with some golden nuggets of information. If you'd like to join our Raising Resilient Teens Facebook group, the link will be in the comments. And until next time, ciao.